This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Sacramento. Three on one. Bagley the step. Bagley with the duck. And you can put it in the book and send it to the left. There it is. Buddy Hill alone at the top. Of the Kings record book. Oh, I like to see Fox Force 5 in the open court. It's into the lane. Oh, if you don't like that, you don't like Kings basketball. Welcome back to another episode of the Kings Bulls podcast. My name is Brendan Nunez, and today we have Matt George, who I'm sure plenty of you are familiar with of KHTK and Locked On Kings. Thanks for joining us today, Matt. How are you doing? It's a pleasure to be on with you, Brendan. Thank you for having me back on uh, King's Pulse. And if everybody's familiar with me, hopefully they uh, they like me as well as familiarity. But uh, it's it's been an interesting time that we're trying to work through this uh, hiatus, this NBA stoppage. And it's unfortunate that it comes right in the middle of what was expected to be a very exciting and, uh, and dramatic playoff race. But it's the situation we're in. So we're just going to all, I guess, get through it and wait it out. Yeah, definitely dramatic, unprecedented. There's a lot of words that you could throw to attempt to define this, but it's really something that we have not seen before. And figured a decent way to talk a little bit of Kings is, you know, if the season, there's a chance that there's no more regular season that gets played. There is obviously a chance that that does still happen, but um, with, you know, the CDC saying that they're trying to limit uh, group gatherings of 50 people over the next two months and, and all this stuff coming out, there is a chance that the Kings have played their last regular season game. And I wanted to ask you, if that was the case, how do you feel about the last season? Because there were lots of ups and downs, kind of went out riding a high. But as a whole, um, how do you feel about the basketball that the Kings had played so far this season? Well, regardless of if they complete the season or they don't, uh, this season I think it's fair to say it, it was a disappointment. Now, I think it's also fair to say that myself, maybe uh, you, Brendan, and and the majority of Kings fans coming into this year maybe had too high of expectations for this team uh, based off of how they played last year. However, I hope that this year also did uh, did enough to remove some of the impatience from Sacramento Kings fans. And now it's hard to expect the fan base who has been through 14 plus years of, of no playoffs. Uh, it's, it's hard to expect them to continue to be patient. So I understand that. But at the same level, you can't hold the 14-year the playoff drought against people that have only been here for a couple of years. Now, Vlade Divac, this ownership, I can understand. They are now going to share equal uh, years of this playoff drought with the Maloofs, which is hard to believe it's already been that long. But guys like Luke Walton, even guys like De'Aaron Fox, they've not been around long enough to uh, deserve the impatience and the scrutiny of Kings fans who just want to win right now. So in a nutshell, this season has been disappointing from my standards, but I think from Luke Walton's standards, it's been encouraging that we've been able to see despite the amount of injury issues that this team has dealt with. And we can talk about the use of that as an excuse as much as you want. 
but from game one to game whatever it was that this uh this this season came to an abrupt end or hopefully it didn't end but looks like it's coming to an abrupt end we've seen improvement and especially with how this team has played over these last few weeks really over the last month since the all-star break and and since even before their worst loss of the season in Detroit I'm very encouraged by that uh, and I'm hopeful that that can continue and carry into next year and and involve the re-implementation and reintroduction uh, reintroduction of Marvin Bagley. Yeah, and the Bagley situation obviously is interesting. I, I think we've interacted a little bit kind of talking about how there's potential that Bagley makes the team worse in the short run, but obviously he's one of the pieces going forward that you just absolutely need to be clicking to me. He's like the X factor of this team with a ridiculously high ceiling. So maybe there's a little bit of growing pains working him back in, but he's a raw talent that could end up potentially as the best player on this team, even as much as I love uh, De'Aaron Fox. And yeah, like you said, I think it's fair. Most people would say the season was a disappointment, maybe due to those high expectations, but you feel somewhat good with the way that the year was closed out. They were headed towards the playoffs, which was the ultimate goal aside from record um, in general anyways headed into this year. And Luke Walton's system seems like it just took a little bit of time for the players to get comfortable with. There were injuries, and I don't like to use that as an excuse or anything, um, but there were things that they had to deal with, and they seem to have got it clicking at the end. So I think that Kings fans can have at least a good taste in their mouth. And then I wanted to ask you, and I feel like we'll probably have the same ones here, but I'm curious um, if there's any difference here. If you had to name three players that you were most impressed with this season, who would it be from the Kings, obviously? I think the first one and the most obvious one is Rashawn Holmes, right? Someone that we did not expect to be what he was. We expected him to compete with Harry Giles and Dwayne Dedman for maybe even garbage minutes off the bench, maybe the third uh, best center on this team. Uh, And he has uh, blown all of our expectations out of the water. Now we're talking about him as the long-term starting center and someone who Marvin Bagley is going to have to or have to fit with, not the other way around, which I think is a really interesting uh, change of events or sequence of events uh, that this uh, this season has gone through. And I wonder where the Kings would be at right now had Rashawn not gone down with that injury that held him out uh, for over 20 games. So Rashawn Holmes, to me, has been fantastic. And in my opinion, the Kings need to do everything that they can within reason financially uh, to bring him back and commit to him as that long-term center. He's a fantastic guy as well as a great basketball player. Uh, his his family is wonderful. I know Kings fans have fallen in love with uh, his mom, Dr. Lycia. Uh, so I'm I'm really pleased. Uh, how Rashawn Holmes has turned out and the story that he's been for Sacramento this year. So he's my above and beyond number one. Number two, funny enough, I I almost want to pair two of them together, uh, but the main one is Kent Bazemore to me. Kent Bazemore has come in and he has been a massive difference maker for this team Brennan you've seen it I've seen it uh, but it's not just on the floor it's it's in the locker room specifically how he's interacted with his teammates De'Aaron Fox said it best a week in it feels like Kent Bazemore has been on this team for years he just fit really really well he bought into the system he understood what his role was immediately coming off the bench and not only did he play some of his best basketball he inspired his teammates 
uh, and those that were on the floor with him to play at a similar level or at least play with a similar amount of effort. So I've been very pleased and impressed with Kent Bazemore. Honorable mention uh, is Alex Len as well. I thought he's come in and been fantastic. And now we're, I'm personally thinking that he needs to be up there uh, on the Kings list of, of free agent targets if they're not able to land Harry Giles, which uh, Jason Ross and I were talking about it on the Locked on Kings podcast today. This uh, situation going on, the coronavirus situation and the, the potential impact it can have on the salary cap might actually help the Kings in retaining Harry Giles, uh, which is crazy. But number three, the last one, and this one also may seem a little bit obvious, but this is one of the biggest victories of the season for me, uh, is that De'Aaron Fox has taken another step right? And we saw it really since he's come back from that injury over the last month and a half or so. De'Aaron Fox has looked like the star. He's looked like the leader. He stepped up when the Kings have needed someone to step up and lead them offensively, but he's also been consistently the floor general, the leader, high assists uh, on a nightly basis. His defense has been better, although still shaky at times and inconsistent. Uh, So he obviously still needs to work on that. And before this hiatus happened, he was shooting at the free throw line significantly better uh, than what he was shooting from the majority of the season. So De'Aaron Fox, to me, he continues to take that next step. I've not shied away from saying the Kings will only go as far as De'Aaron Fox takes him or takes them, and he's uh, he's on a one-way path to an all-star appearance at some point in the near future if he continues to improve at the rate that he's at. Yeah, I, I think it's I think most people would end up saying those three, and they definitely are the standouts deservingly. Um, it, it's hard to argue those, the Baysmore thing. Um, I'm glad that you mentioned the locker room because I definitely wanted to ask you about that. We had spoken with Chris Kirshner, who was the athletic cover for the Hawks about Bazemore in the locker room and mentioned that he was always the guy that was saying, you know, we're blank amount of games out of the playoffs and constantly picking up the morale. And you are at um, a lot of, you're at most of the games from my understanding, you know, do you go to practices as well? I'll try and be at as many practices as I can. It's tough because that's in the middle of my uh, my daily nine to five duties at, at KHDK. But I've been to a handful of practices this year, but I'm at every single home game, no road games, but every home game. Got it. So I was curious. Um, I, I have a lot of interest, and maybe this is just because something I'm getting into myself, but I think it makes for interesting conversation and insight to what goes into a normal game day for you with you being so focused on covering the team, obviously. So say there's a seven o'clock game. Would you mind running me through what your schedule of that day typically looks like? Absolutely. I'd be happy to. So uh, I typically will try to arrive at the arena around 5 to 5.30. Now, it also depends on if I'm doing any any pregame duties, which is uh, hosting Sports 1140 KHDK's pregame show, Game Night, uh, which is from typically on a 7 o'clock tip. It's from 5.30 uh, to 6.30, an hour-long show that I will host with the High Flyer Henry Turner. We do that from the uh, the concourse. Uh, so I will arrive around five o'clock for that. We go on the air at five 30. Uh, so I'll show up at five, do some prep, go down to the court, sit courtside and watch some of the warmups, uh, chat with other media members, some of the assistant coaches and whoever uh, might be out there for a little bit, uh, then head back up, host the show for an hour. Uh, and then from about six 30 to seven, uh, one of the things the Kings do really, really well uh, is they take great care of us as members of the media. So we go under the arena is the the media room where they, they serve us a, a complimentary dinner uh, every single night before the game. So we'll enjoy that. And that's a really cool powwow time for me to get the opportunity to sit at a table and, and have dinner and have conversations with the likes of Sean Cunningham, Jason Jones, Sam Amick, 
Uh, you will also see James Hamm there a lot. Uh, Jerry Reynolds will join me, the G-Man Gary Gerald, Jason Ross. These are people that you see every night and we'll have dinner with and just have conversations with every night, which is one of the coolest aspects of my job. It's something that I, I wish that a lot of fans would get the opportunity just to sit down at a table and listen to them talk because half the time, of course, we're talking Kings and we're talking sports and those are a lot of really good basketball minds that are chiming in. But you also get fun moments of, of hearing about their personal lives or their thoughts on completely different situations. Uh, so that's pretty neat. But for the game itself, head up. We'll watch the game at top of section 104, 105. Typically, I have the freedom uh, to live tweet and then take notes on my own personal account. Uh, after the game is over, we head downstairs at uh, about 15 minutes after the game. Luke Walton comes out and does his press conference under the arena. Then we'll go immediately to the locker room. Uh, and we will get usually three to four players, but whoever is willing to talk most of the time, it's De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Heald, maybe Bogdan Bogdanovich, depending upon his game, and then a veteran like a Kent Bazemore uh, or a Harrison Barnes. Uh, and then I go back to the media room and write up the, uh, the, the game story for Sports 1140 KHDK's website. Uh, wrap things up, do any other social media that I have to do. And uh, I'm typically out of the building by 10, 45, 11 o'clock and on my way home. Yeah, definitely a packed and interesting schedule. And when you're in those post games, how much, you know, so you get, obviously you're talking a lot of basketball, but I'm curious how much of these guys' personalities really shine through. And obviously, you know, there's some guys that are just going to sit there and treat it as they just got to answer some questions. But how often do you feel like you somewhat are able to build relationship with these guys almost in a way? Well, it's tough because one of the one of the hard things as a, a media member is you want to build a relationship and a trust between yourself and a player so that they are willing to open up and are willing to talk to you more than just the stereotypical uh, one or two word answers to your questions. But you want to make sure that you are towing the line between being friendly and being their friend, right? It's a very, very distinct uh, difference. And it's one of the areas that it's, it's, we get a lot of uh, flack from fans and those who don't necessarily understand how our job works or what our role is. Uh, when we step up to defend a player based off of our own opinion, some will see that as just trying to kiss some ass and get some brownie points, while in reality, it's me speaking my opinion based off of not just the player that I've grown to know, but also the human being that I've grown to know. And that's something that you learn really quick in the media industry, or even as a fan, when you're interacting with players, they're, they're larger than life personalities for sure, and they're stars on the biggest stage that basketball has to offer, but they're just people. They're human beings, and a lot of the times, the best interactions that I've had with them have come when the cameras are off, when the microphones are off, and you're talking to them about their interests other than basketball. For example, uh, Costa Kufos, still to this day, one of my all-time favorite Sacramento Kings because of the interactions that I had with him uh, in the locker room. Costa Kufos is one of those guys that when you turn the camera on, he's going to give you pretty much the stereotypical cookie-cutter answers. He's not going to say uh, anything that's out of the norm. He's not going to say anything uh, that could potentially get him in trouble or, or get his teammates in trouble. He's just going to say straight up the middle every time, and he's, he knows it. He makes a joke about it. But when the cameras are off, that's when the real Costa Kufos personality really would come out. And some of the, my favorite conversations that I ever had with Costa was about movies 
video games and cars, which were three of his biggest interests. De'Aaron Fox as well. I'm sure you've seen by his Twitter account. De'Aaron Fox is a huge video game guy. He is a Call of Duty nerd. Uh, so he will always be willing to talk about uh, Call of Duty and video games and things like that with him. Trevor Ariza was a big Oakland Raiders, now Las Vegas Raiders fan. So it's, it's learning those parts about the players that when you can connect with them on those levels, that starts to build that trust and that starts to build that rapport. And again, you have to be careful uh, not to go too far and look like you're just trying to buddy-buddy up to them or, or just be their friend uh, because there is a way to be friendly with them and connect with them uh, without simply kissing their ass or sacrificing your job or your integrity as a journalist or as a reporter. Another thing that's a really long-winded answer, uh, but I wanted to make sure I get to too, because he is not the most popular guy in Sacramento. I don't think he ever will be a popular guy in Sacramento again, uh, but he is one of my favorite guys that I've ever gotten the opportunity to interact with. And, and again, if, if you asked him about me, he'd probably not be able to answer. Uh, because we just had conversations based off of the things that we had in the locker room, but we weren't friends. Uh, but that's Willie Cauley-Stein. A lot of people ask me, why do you defend Willie Cauley-Stein so much? It's because I've gotten to know who he is as a person and appreciate his personality. Willie Cauley-Stein doesn't often think before he speaks, which has gotten him in trouble with the media before, but he's such a kind heart. He's such a cool dude. He's such a relaxed guy that that is what built my appreciation for him and is why I got frustrated with so many fans for the way that they would treat him or assume uh, he thought, assume what he thought about them or thought about the Sacramento Kings or the game of basketball uh, as a whole. So sorry there, very long-winded answer. It's juggling all these different things together, uh, but that's just an idea, a glimpse of what we try and accomplish in a locker room setting with professional athletes. With currently no NBA, NHL, or college basketball, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong, and you should know better. BetOnline still has hundreds of places to wager, from their online casino to poker and blackjack, all open 24 hours a day and all online. Sports aren't totally done. There's still mixed martial arts, and esports is on the rise. I can't say I've never been into that. If you're into entertainment, you can still bet on American Idol, the elections, the spelling bee, and even Nathan's hot dog eating contest. Pretty sure the same dude wins every year, if I remember correctly. Be sure to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet online, your new ticket to online action. Yeah, no, I appreciate the long-winded answers and a couple stories thrown in there. Definitely what I was looking for with that, I appreciate it. And I could see how you're sort of walking a thin line there. Um, but obviously, it's, it's great to be able to have this access to these players and get to know them somewhat as people and also pick their brains in regards to what's going on, obviously, on the basketball floor. And that's kind of points me to you personally, Matt. I'm wondering what got you into reporting, when did this interest spark and you kind of realize, okay, this is something that I might want to do? Uh, that's, uh, I got to be careful not to be too long-winded with that answer as well. First and foremost, and I, I wear this with pride and this is where it's tough too, because I've seen other journalists and other respected media members use it as a negative when I wear it as a positive. I grew up a diehard fan of the Sacramento Kings and I'm not afraid to say that 
at all. I introduce myself as a Kings fan uh, on the Locked on King podcast. And when I go on the air at KHDK, almost every time I can, because I've been able to, in my opinion, build a career that is that has two parts. One part is Matt George, the diehard Sacramento Kings fan that wants nothing more than to see this team succeed and get back to the playoffs, not just for the Kings, but also for the, the city and community of Sacramento that I love and where I grew up. But I'm also able to objectively cover the team uh, and uh, and have my opinions and have my thoughts on their situation and not allow my being a fan of a team to dictate that over anything else. Now, some people might hear that and and think of the Matt George optimistic persona or Matt George defending players or defending coaches and roll their eyes at that and say, no, you are clearly a fan and you only say positive things about the Sacramento Kings, to which I would respond with the night after the Sacramento Kings were embarrassed by the Detroit Pistons. I hosted a podcast called Rock Bottom where I went on a 25-minute rant where I called the Sacramento Kings organization inept. I called them embarrassing. I called them grade A losers. So again, it's me being a fan of the team, but also being able to objectively cover the team and have the emotions and thoughts and and feelings um, about this organization that I've loved for so many years, being able to put that down on paper or put that into words uh, without just being a, uh, a Homer or anything like that. But so grew up a diehard fan of the Sacramento Kings played basketball as well. Uh, was always smarter than I was better. If that makes sense, I, I could know where to stand to get the best jump shot, but I couldn't yeah. hit it. I could rebound. I could block, but I could do all the fundamentals of basketball because I understood it, but I could not execute. Uh, so when I discovered that there was more to the game of basketball than just playing it, you know, being a coach or being on the sidelines, being a media member, having a conversation with somebody uh, or writing an article about a game, uh, that's where I really got hooked because it was the environment that I fell in love with as a kid. And that's where I was so spoiled growing up in Sacramento with the the late 90s and early 2000s Kings is I got to go and attend Kings games and be in one of the best environments in the history of sports, uh, which was Arco Arena, where you would have to wear earplugs or your ears would be ringing by the end of the first quarter. That's just that's what I fell in love with. Uh, so being able to discover that you can still be at an event, you can still feel that energy, you can be a part of that energy, and you can uh, watch a team and write about a team and talk about a team uh, but still be able to be there without actually being a player. Uh, that's what really opened my eyes. So I, I started writing, was part of my high school newspaper as a sports editor, uh, went to, to college, went to William Jessup University in Rockland. So I stayed home uh, and I took the opportunity at Jessup to be a play-by-play broadcaster for their, uh, their school and their athletic department for four years. That led to an internship at KHDK. And here I am uh, over five years later, about to enter my sixth year uh, with Sports 1140. So it's, it's been a wild journey, but it's all been centered around sports. And when you get to do something that you love every single day, uh, it does not feel like work. Yeah, definitely. That was a big motivator for me was doing something that I love. And, and part of podcasts is that it's just conversations about these teams that I normally would love to be having with my friends or anyone else I run into that has knowledge on it. So, I mean, recording it and putting it out there and getting other people's opinions just felt natural to me. And I didn't see any sort of downside to it. And like you said, being able to have basketball as as a job or seeing the potential in that has made myself sort of chase it. So 
I definitely can see where you're coming from. And uh, we're someone that at least I, I can say very glad to have you in this community and all the work that you put out and everything. And the last thing I'll ask you here, Matt, is with this hiatus, no basketball going on, what are some of the distractions that you got in some of your time fillers here if KHTK isn't keeping you too busy? I'm a nerd, man. I'm a nerd at heart. I'm a video game geek, so I try and play as many video games as I can. Uh, playing Rainbow Six Siege. I'm working my way through Assassin's Creed Odyssey right now. Which I'm is playing the same thing. A deep single-player game, so you understand. Yeah, video games are trying to are kind of holding me through, but uh, thankfully, with my position and working in the entertainment industry, and in the broadcast industry, and in the public information industry, uh, I am considered quote-unquote essential personnel. So even if we went to the situation uh, like what happening in San Francisco and Davis right now where it's almost a a mandatory lockdown for lack of a better term Uh, I have been given clearance uh, to be able to still go to the office and do the work uh, that I do on a daily basis work at KHDK and the rest of our our stations at Bonneville Sacramento so I'm very blessed and thankful for that so I'm still uh, able to work and 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 be a part of my nine to five but I'm also trying to make sure and and this is what I appreciate you doing your podcasts as well i'm wanting to make sure that we as a community can come together and help each other through this time it's it's strange it's almost like yes we take sports for granted in the sense that sports are are here for us basically year round there's always some kind of sport going on and the most we have to deal with is like maybe a weekend or, or, or three or four days without NBA basketball or any sporting events in the middle uh, of, of the, uh, the NBA season during all-star break or anything like that. That's the worst we have to deal with, or maybe all-star break uh, for the MLB when there's nothing going on during the summertime. But right now we're looking at potentially three months or more of no sports period. And I understand for me, sports is my life. Sports is one of my first loves. Uh, I, my life has completely surrounded sports and I use sports as a, a way to escape the tension and stress and, and, and worries of daily life. So I understand a lot of people have lost that outlet uh, and plus the stresses of staying healthy and, and maybe managing whatever personal situations everybody's going through. It's a tough time. So I, I appreciate what you are doing, Brendan. I appreciate what everybody is doing to continue to try and put out content as much as possible. And I want to make sure that we are not just there as public figures, and this includes yourself. We're not just here just to talk to you and you listen to us and that's it. We want to make sure we're opening the doors of conversation and connection so that we all as sports fans, as Kings fans, as fans of basketball can get through this time and hopefully get back to to the way things were. And I can, I can promise you this. I will not take an NBA season or just a sports season in general for granted. We are only three, four, five days in to this sports hiatus and I am suffering. <laughs> so I will not take for granted again how long an NBA or MLB or NFL season is ever. Yeah, I am blown away that it is only, like you're saying, what, five, six days, something like that into the hiatus because this feels ridiculously long. And like you said, least that we can do is somewhat keep the basketball conversations going um, with some sort of content. There's no live games, obviously, but there's plenty of stuff that we can conjure up and figure out what to talk about, start some debates of De'Aaron Fox as a top whatever point guard and all this. So I know you and I are going to keep the content coming here and helping people out as much as possible. And I can't thank you enough for coming on here, Matt. Um, is there anything else that you want to get out here, man? 
Well, actually, I have a question for you. I apologize to your listeners. They've heard a crap ton of me in this podcast today and not very much of you. So I wanted to lob something back to you if I can. Uh, I feel personally uh, the biggest gripe that I have with this entire situation going on, which I have to be careful there because obviously some people are getting really sick and losing their lives. So I want to make sure I'm, I'm being sensitive there. But we in Sacramento were robbed of what I thought was going to be the biggest game in Sacramento in over a decade. That was the the Kings and the New Orleans Pelicans on Wednesday night. Now, let me say first, I applaud the NBA for canceling that game, for stopping that game. I applaud the New Orleans Pelicans for sticking to their guns and saying, we're not risking this. It's not worth it. Uh, so I'm glad the game wasn't played, but I'm, I really wanted that game to be played, if you know what I mean, just as a basketball fan and, and someone in Sacramento who starved for meaningful playoff like basketball so i wanted to throw that back to you in your opinion what would that game had been like kings pelicans who would you have given the edge to how did you feel about the kings going into that game Uh, and is it extremely important for you that if this season is renewed or is brought back that that game actually gets played um, of course, I would love to see the game played. It's just going to depend, obviously, when that this season does resume, if we're so far in advance that and you still need to go through an entire playoff series. I mean, Sacramento has a chance to be coming back here, but three and a half games, like I somewhat understand if the league decides to just go into playoffs. But obviously, I would love Sacramento to get this chance, this playoff push. And this Pelicans game specifically, as you're speaking of, they were – It was such a hyped-up game. The only nationally televised game that was going to be for the Sacramento Kings this year. I actually went to the stadium, um, and if I know what I know now, I probably would not have gone with the seriousness of this, but I was so excited for this game. Could not wait for it. I think the Pelicans are a ridiculously talented offensive team, so I don't know if I was the most confident necessarily, but – I thought it was it was going to be a really evenly matched game. And yes, if Sacramento was able to take this, you have some additional momentum because you already had plenty building that you could have taken it to the rest of the year and potentially made up that three and a half game gap on Memphis. So I am totally with you. This was absolutely game of the year. Um, we'd been saying that for a couple of the games that whenever it was that night, this is the next biggest game of the year but that New Orleans one had been circled for a while and I think it was really going to be a tone setter if Sacramento could have taken that one so obviously I would love to see it played um, but if it is forced to move into playoffs because of the timing say there's a three-month gap something like that then I would somewhat understand but man I would give anything to get an opportunity to see Sacramento and New Orleans play some basketball no, I absolutely agree with you there. And I'll, I'll just leave you with this, a little bit of food for thought. Uh, a couple things, ways this can actually be a positive for the Sacramento Kings. I mentioned the Harry Giles angle, which I think would be a fantastic conversation for you uh, and Richard and, and more guests to have here on Kings Pulse. The possibility of the Kings maybe being fortunate in this salary cap situation and that playing in their favor to bring Harry Giles back, which I know is a a big deal. And from what we understand with this Kings organization, they believe that they are going to bring Harry Giles back and they are interested in bringing him back, obviously. Uh, So that could be a big deal. Also in the case of the season actually resuming, this is a great opportunity for every team, but especially the Sacramento Kings to get healthy. We know De'Aaron Fox has been dealing with ankle and shoulder injuries as well as knee injuries this entire 
entire season. Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich has been playing uh, with some injuries as well. And then, of course, Marvin Bagley now suddenly might have three months to really get healthy. And we know the Kings could use him and his output uh, in this uh, in this playoff push if it resumes. Final thing that I'll, I'll leave for you, and I encourage everybody to go and check out sports1140khdk.com because Jason Ross and Carmichael Dave of our morning show, The Drive, uh, they suggested a or put out this possibility of the NBA doing a a March Madness style tournament when everything resumes. So forgetting the rest of the regular season, taking the seeding based off of the current records and having a 16 team. So all 30 NBA teams plus the top two uh, G League teams uh, in a March Madness or essentially June or July Madness type tournament, single elimination to crown a, a, a champion and crown a winner. Uh, so the bracket, Jason Ross created the bracket. And if it were to happen, the Kings opening round opponent would be the Memphis Grizzlies, which I thought is just perfectly, <laughs> perfectly fitting. Uh, so go and check that out. And that's a good conversation to have as well. Yeah, that's definitely an intriguing idea. Um, and things like that are getting thrown around KHTK all the time. You guys do absolutely amazing work there. So like you said, everybody, be sure to check that out. And Locked on Kings as well, which you do a great job hosting, Matt, and putting out content on the regular. It's five days a week, my understanding, right? As much as we can, yeah. We're trying to do five days a week for every single week throughout this hiatus. The network is working really hard to make sure we still have content fresh for you. Every once in a while, for sickness or other reasons, we might miss a day here or there. But we try to always provide Monday through Friday around 30 minutes a day uh, of King's content and just sports conversation for you. There you go. Yeah. And as I said, Matt does an absolutely great job there. So everyone be sure to go over and listen to the Locked on Kings podcast. If you don't already, plenty of opportunity, especially with people being self-quarantined at home to fit both Kings Pulse and Locked on Kings in there. So thanks again, Matt, for coming on. And thank you to everybody for listening to this episode of the Kings Pulse podcast. You will hear from us again in the next couple of days. For the ones standing guard, for the eagle-eyed, for the knights in shining armor, and for all those who support them, we are Granger, your experienced safety partner, offering supplies and solutions for every industry, committed to helping keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com/safety, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.